nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hello, everyone. Uh, I am Constitutional Attorney Catherine Henry, or I suppose Constitutional Catherine for short. Today, we have not only Liberty Lori, uh, who's at the uh, bottom right of your screen, but we also have two other freedom fighters, uh, some newer friends of mine, Foshin, who is in the middle there. And um, it's weird, I'm hearing an echo all of a sudden. Um, okay. And um, Mr. Liberty, or uh, in other words, the Liberty Cause, who is, uh, well, he's just uh, too, uh, too irresistible. His wife said he's not allowed to show his face on camera. So. I ran out of USB ports. What can I tell you? <laughs> So, um, at any rate, um, I am hearing a feedback I wasn't hearing before. I think that might be Potion. You might need to mute when he's not talking. Oh, that's weird. Okay, let me see if we're good. Well, then he's muted. Okay. Well, um, let's try for a second, though, Potion, with you. Um, go ahead and unmute just to see. Um, if we're we're good, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's not a big of a deal, but um, yeah, I'm not hearing it right now. So maybe we're good. Okay. Um, all right. So everyone, um, thank you for joining us. Oops, I guess I got to click on the actual chat button if I want to be able to see the chat going on today. So um, all right. So thank you for joining us. Uh, we are, uh, I mentioned last week, we're kind of changing things up. A little bit to be a little bit more effective with our time and our resources. So uh, we've decided we're no longer streaming to DLive or Twitch. We had a few people joining us on there, but it doesn't seem to be um, that the, the, neither one of them seem to be super popular platforms for what the you know the kind of thing that we're doing here. So um, if you were thinking about joining us on one of those and couldn't find us, uh, well, the ones you can see us uh, here today are the ones that we're on. So we're streaming on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble. I will share though that if we don't get more people joining us on Rumble on a regular basis during the lives, we will just be uploading our shows to Rumble afterwards because, well, we got to pay every month to get them uh, to be live. And it's a pain in the butt setting it up. I'm surprised Rumble hasn't done a little bit better with their logistics. Um, at any rate, uh, the shows are also uh, available for you. All the information that we share with you is shared on all of our social media platforms afterwards and all the major uh, podcasting platforms as well. Everything from Google and Apple podcasting to um, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, you name it. Okay, so make sure to check us out on any of those platforms um, for all of our segments, um, not just today. Um, by the way, hello to John, who's commenting on YouTube. Thanks for joining us today. So I want to kind of lay the background. I, I kind of talked about it a little bit in last week's episode. Um, and then, of course, we had um, 
you know, our episode preview video yesterday. Um, oh, interesting. I'm wondering who Spicy Chemist is on YouTube, uh, who says, we miss you in Georgetown. The liberals are now going to be paying for expensive pickleball courts. Oh, yeah, because in a in an area where there's only warm weather three months out of the year, that seems totally responsible. Goodness gracious. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate being missed there. Um, I would have continued to be a thorn in the establishment side. Unfortunately, they're not liberals. Um, they, yeah, whatever. We're not going to go there. Um, all right. But anyway, so um, as we get started, I want to let you know what yesterday was. Yesterday in the city of Ormond Beach, they held their once a month ordinance violation hearings. Now that might seem as mundane as you could possibly think of, but um, it was it was probably the most lively, uh, full, um, lengthy session of municipal violation hearings that they had, uh, probably in the history, I would say, of Ormond Beach. Um, we ourselves had three hearings on the calendar. They only had four total, which was interesting. So we took up 75% of the docket, but um, they, they you know, combined them or merged them into one hearing, which lasted, what do you guys think? Was that three and a half hours? Oh yeah. <laughs> I went through a lot of batteries. <laughs> um, so why do I want to bore you guys with a three and a half hour um you know, hearing about municipal ordinance violations. Well, let me put it this way. They know I'm an attorney. They know I'm a constitutional attorney. And they know that I hold government responsible for stepping outside of the bounds of the Constitution and um, any kind of statutory authority as well. Yet they have decided to violate countless laws, uh, including their own land development code, uh, state law, state constitution, U.S. constitution, federal statutes, uh, you name it. They have decided that they're going to single us out uh, at our new home here in Florida and try to enforce a whole bunch of regulations. Now, mind you, um, even if they were enforcing these against everyone, they would still be unconstitutional. Uh, what am I talking about? Well, some of you who uh, were with us back in, I don't even know, maybe September, October, November, we did some episodes uh, here on Restore Freedom Weekly about those kinds of municipal ordinance violations uh, uh, about pavers and fences and, you know, ground covering. We did all kinds of, of uh, different um, discussions and episodes about things like that. And that's what we're talking about. The city uh, has, they asked the special magistrate yesterday to uh, tell us that we have to go back and get a permit to have a fence on our own land and lay pavers on our own land. But they, in the meantime, that means they want us to tear out the fence and turn it around and do a whole bunch of other stuff to it. And they want to peel up each of our pavers to see if we put the proper um, material underneath, which isn't even in the code. But that's okay because they just want to do what they want to do and if we don't do that by a certain date next month 
then they want uh, the permission to come onto our property and physically tear up our fence, our pavers. And uh, of course, they also want us to um, remove our two shipping containers that we have. We don't have a garage and we needed something that was hurricane proof. And uh, those are, they're not the old rusty kinds that, you know, you've been seeing it sitting at a train uh, depot for years and years or something like that. No, this, these are one trip new containers that um are you know they're, i'm going to paint them the same you know color as i'm painting the house etc um so at any rate and they're in my backyard other people in the city limits have theirs in their front yard and uh the city itself has these kinds of containers on city property near me um but anyway uh, uh oh we lost the liberty cause um hopefully mr liberty will come back soon enough um can can i throw something in um you're you're talking about this may seem kind of mundane um but really that it's the lack of these little fights being fought that have allowed government to feel like they can encroach and infringe on our rights with no recourse and, and so that's, that's why, why this this yeah. battle in particular, as small as it is, is so important. So that's yeah, I was just telling you guys what the battle is, but I I want you to understand what it is so that you can then understand why am I sharing this with you? Well, um, do you really think we're gonna win a battle at the state or federal level if we're gonna let municipalities walk all over us? and dictate to us every single aspect of our lives about how we do things. I mean, think about it this way. The city attorney in yesterday's hearing literally looked at me in her line of questioning of me and said, well, Miss Henry, you're an attorney. And I said, yeah, not in the state of Florida. And she said, well, you're still an attorney. So when you moved here, um, you know, shouldn't you have known, didn't you know that you needed to look up all the rules about what permission you would need to get before you would do anything on your property. <laughs> I, I gave her quite an answer yesterday. Um, I really wanted to give her more of an answer, but I was trying not to alienate the magistrate who was going to do the right thing. Uh, hey, at least I could say I didn't. Um, I didn't come off too aggressive, uh, so that it was my fault that the magistrate, you know, turned uh, his. Uh, I away from following the constitution yesterday but she anyway, wouldn't have she wouldn't have understood your answer anyhow she thinks the con no no she thinks the constitution has provisions to protect people's feelings so you know i don't think that she was she wasn't going to get it no matter how you know how you put it to her i was going to put it in in crayon on a coloring book for her but i think that still may be too challenging for her to quite grasp I was I was really sad I didn't bring my puppets. I thought, you know, maybe we could do a puppet show and make her understand. You know, I know a freedom fighter who does puppet shows to explain things to people. She is a very good friend of mine, Miss um, Rachel Atwood, who is actually now a legislative aide in the Michigan legislature working for another freedom fighter. But uh, at any rate, yes, uh, I should ask her to, to perhaps... Uh, help us with explaining these concepts to uh, those kinds of people. The, but, the, uh, the Constitution with Punch and Judy. <laughs> so, um, 
so the reason why I want to to bring you guys in to what happened and keep in mind, we will have full footage available for you, but it was just yesterday and it took three and a half hours of the day. Uh, we all had to mentally like decompress what happened because I mean, my husband was furious. Um, needless to say, the two other freedom fighters uh, that were there with me yesterday who are on screen with us now, uh, we're also not too happy with what happened. And so at any rate, we have a lot of footage, but uh, we're going to figure out how to best put it together and um, maybe do something like that. Uh, the Alley, If you've seen the Allegan County footage that we put together, what happened on election day, where we have different ca camera angles kind of all, all at the same time, uh, what, we're going to do something so that you could see best uh, what is happening besides we're going to have to put together a, a great compilation video because I have to get that over to a court reporter. Why? Because I'm going to appeal. Now, what's the benefit for you with me talking about this? I'm going to teach you how to do a municipal appeal. Now, obviously, it's going to be a little different um, in other states. It's also going to be a little bit different even from one community to another within the state of Florida. But you need to know some of the basic concepts of due process and what rights you are afforded and guaranteed in the Constitution, and what some of these things are that you can look for and try to look up uh, for your own community or state's procedures. Uh, so anyway, today is a little different. I don't have my little slideshow that I'll be sharing with you today. I might do one on Thursday. I usually do. Um, but anyway, so um, before I go into full detail on things, I want to let you know what you will have access to later on. You will have access to the full footage of what happened yesterday. Uh, some interesting parts, I could tell you that. Um, you will have access to the complete documentation that I filed with the, there's actually not even a filing system. That's special, we'll talk about that. Um, I had to just email the city attorney and the city officials that had contacted me and say, here, I don't know how to get material to the special magistrate, make sure he gets this. And I received zero confirmation from any of them that they would do that and didn't find out until the hearing started that the magistrate said they had printed off, supposedly, my maps and my colored charts and all this stuff and physically brought them over to him two days later, which gave him two days, one, one day to review them, which I thought was super helpful. Um, but anyway, you'll have access to all that. And I plan to even give you guys kind of like a cheater version of the actual spreadsheet that I used in case that you have a similar situation, you can know what you could do and kind of copy it and go from there. So, um, and uh, let me see the question. There's a question. Was the judge a lawyer in their life? Um, so the, the magistrate yesterday was uh, a retired judge who's now, I, I, I mean, he must just be considered a practicing attorney uh, by the Florida bar, but um, he had been a judge for many years. I don't remember if you guys remember how many he said, but it was like 300 or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay, he, said at some point. he did. Okay. I, so, I know, I know he said he had been a judge long enough to understand what a statute is and how to read it and that you don't need other courts to support it for it to be legitimate. So speaking of that, uh, do either one of you want to comment on what you're alluding to there? Um, oh, please, please. <laughs> I, I was hoping. I, I, I 
my it absolutely blew my mind. I mean, and you could tell that this was nothing but a kangaroo court simply by this alone. When you showed him in the very beginning that the city lacked standing because they did not follow the statutory requirements to even bring you into this court. And he looked at it and said, well, you know, I don't really have any circuit court or district court cases that uh, that really uphold, you know, that where anybody's challenged that. So it lacks merit. Well, no, the statute on its face has merit. And if you were a judge, my God, what did you do to people over that 20 or 30 years? If you can't understand something that simple. Yeah, he there were a few times where he was asking me about different statutes and and his follow up question was always, well, do you have proof that a court, uh, a circuit court or district court somewhere has has uh, um, used that that statute before? And I'm like, I, I think I literally said to him, no, your honor, I didn't think I had to bring case precedent when the law speaks for itself. It is what it is. I thought we should follow the actual statute, but I guess uh, a statute is meaningless unless a court has said it's not. Is that how it now works? I mean, it's almost like he was just granting the entire court qualified immunity. You know, unless you can show me another case that is precisely like this one, eh, the law doesn't really matter. We don't care. Yeah. So, um, mind you, I wasn't just throwing out like random names of statutes. I mean, he, the, with the questioning back and forth, I was actually reading the language of the statute, telling him which subsection to look at. I mean, we were we were going through, and and mind you, the the, the main one that I started off with when I was like, uh, yeah, okay, so uh, they can't even bring this action because. Uh, I filed the notice of proposed litigation against them in November under Florida statute 70.45. 70.45 is literally one page long, one page. And at one point, the city attorney said that she hadn't had time to review 70.45. And I'm like, I served you four months ago. You didn't have time to read one page of law in four months. Wow. Um so anyway, um, I could go on. I'm going to try not to. Um, folks, yeah, you know, I don't even know if that was before. I don't know if that was before or after she said it wasn't applicable. So, I mean, to to say that the wasn't applicable and then to admit that you didn't read the law, it was, it was quite telling. You know, that's a very good point. I hope I remember to put that in my appeal. <laughs> um, so... Yeah. So what are, what are some of the other things? Um, I guess, let me put it this way. Um, <laughs> I think I, let's see, what did I start with today? All right. Um, yes. In, in the description for today's video, I, I said municipalities can regulate the residents however they see fit, right? Wrong. Uh, you are guaranteed to win if you have the law on your side, right? Any, any kind of court proceeding that you have, as long as you have the law and the facts on your side, then you're going to win, right? Wrong. But you need to not be deterred. And that's the thing. You need to not, I mean, I had some people who are, you know, Florida freedom lovers. Uh, some were at the hearing, some were not. And they were uh, texting me afterwards yesterday and asking me what happened and how it turned out. And, uh, some people that had come had to leave before his decision was rendered. 
um, at any rate, he, um, when I told them that uh, what happened and some of them said, oh, well, are, are you, do you think you might appeal? And I'm like, um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to appeal. In fact, I think I was a smart ass devotion. I, well, weren't you one of them that asked me that yesterday? And I was, <laughs> I was a smart ass and I stuck my hand out like we were just meeting for the first time. And I said, hi, I'm constitutional attorney, Catherine Henry. I fight for freedom. <laughs> well, when, when I got in the car on my way home, I was talking to my wife and she's like, she's going to appeal, right? And I'm like, you have met her, right? <laughs> um, and for those of you who don't know, um, we had a terrible, terrible situation trying to buy our first house that we were under contract in uh, down here in Florida in 2021. And that whole thing was a nightmare. Um, I have shared some of the documents already, but I'd be happy to share all there. It's public record, all the court documents. Uh, sellers refused to sell us the house. They committed 26 different crimes against us. Um, we were in the house because that was part of the agreement. Um, anyway, there was this whole big, I mean, it was mind blowing the things that were happening. Um, it was like Lemony Snicket's uh, series of unfortunate events, plus bad judges, you know, um, judges go rogue and the whole nine yards. I mean, it was awful. Anyway, um, with that being said, um, we were at a point at where uh, a fill-in judge, another retired judge who filled in for the judge that was supposed to be on our case, uh, filled in and, and said he didn't know the law at all as it applied to the situation, but just kind of thought that maybe we didn't meet our burden of proving things uh, in order to um, stay at the house while we were trying to force the... Um, the um, um, sellers to specific performance to sell us the house. Well, um, anyway, there I was, our, our attorney, I had an attorney down here. Our attorney had died in like right before one of these hearings and the court would not give us time to find a new attorney. It was awful. I was trying to call around. I had uh, my good friend, Joe Moss, who's now county, uh, the chair of the Ottawa County Board of Commissioners in Michigan. Uh, he's been on Steve Bannon and uh, all kinds of other, you know, stuff, uh, you know, talking about the freedom fight and what they're doing in West Michigan. At any rate, uh, in fact, he got to be the one to nominate my other friend, Christina Caramo, uh, as uh, the new uh, chair of the MIGOP at the convention last weekend, last weekend or the weekend before. Anyway, um, and so, of course, she won. And that's fabulous because now Michigan has somewhat of a chance. At any rate, um, so he in Michigan doing all that he was doing uh, was trying to help me make phone calls to attorneys. I'm calling anybody who knows how do, how do I do an appeal? This judge literally threw us out and gave us 23 hours notice to <laughs> throw us out of the house. And while we were living there, while I was trying to prep for my Allegan County trial and while we were trying to get stuff you know, done and painted and whatever in the house so that we could have final appraisal and, and close on the loan. Whole big nightmare. I mean, it was awful. And um, anyway, I could not find an appellate attorney like in, in such a short amount of time, right? So in one morning, I had to teach myself in the matter of like two or three hours, I had to teach myself how to do an appeal in Florida. So I have already filed an appeal in the state of Florida. 
Um, unfortunately, the appellate court um, there did the uh, same exact thing that the appellate court in Michigan did to me and just gave me like a one-liner like, hey, uh, we're not convinced that we got to do anything right now. Not telling me I was wrong and what I said about the law or, you know, whatever. So um, it's really disturbing. I have no faith in the justice system anymore, but we're going to keep charging on because that's what we got to do. So I'm sharing this with you to let you know that, no, it's not even easy for me, but I'm going to walk you through what I'm going through so that if and when you find yourself in these situations, you know how to fight back, or you might find yourself in, you know, a related type of situation. I want you to know whatever tools that you can gather or glean from me, I want you to have those so you can use those in your own freedom fight. Even if you have a totally unrelated situation, I want you to know that there's people just like me just like you out there willing to fight tooth and nail for freedom and hold government officials accountable and hold them to that oath of office. Um, and so at, at any rate, that's why we're sharing this with you today. Um, so uh, an appeal will be coming, but I want you to hear some of the crazy things that happened yesterday so that you know what to expect when you walk into a situation. Don't expect you, uh, don't expect that you're going to win even if you have the law and the facts on your side, don't expect things are going to go or be done appropriately. These are things I want you to hear how crazy and absurd when they knew they were going up against a constitutional attorney. This is the kind of bullshit that they were pulling even against me. So I want you to know what kinds of things to look for so that you can be ready and know how to combat it. So at any rate, the how will come a little bit later. Um, Foshan, I would love for you to share some of your thoughts on some of the craziness, whether it's if you had screenshot uh, or uh, want to share screen on any video clips or just wanted to share some stuff verbally. I'd love for you to take it away and, and share some of the thoughts from yesterday. Yeah, well, I've got a lot of video. Uh, I'm not sure that I could pull anything out right now and, uh, and, and point to it directly, but uh, I did give you guys two, you know, basically the beginning of the hearings and then the the decision at the end. And, you know, I knew after your motion to dismiss that I knew what the end was going to be. You know, I knew that well, he, nobody's obviously listening to a word uh, that you said. And you could tell at a couple of points where you were making an argument and he was just completely disengaged with the whole, with the whole, uh, with listening to you. Um, so it, it just seemed like, okay, we've got to hear this person out and we have to make this decision. And it was all, it was already predetermined. And, and I mean, you just spoke to that at length, but you know, it, it doesn't engender a lot of confidence with the, with the justice system. And it just, I think it disenfranchises that believe in the rule of law even more you know what what do law-abiding citizens do when when they're uh, met with something like this uh, you know, it, it, it was it was tyranny it was petty tyranny i hated every second of it yeah it was um and and correct me if i'm wrong but to to show the layout since we don't have a a short enough clip that we could show people right now. Um, and if that should change during the course of us talking, if either one of you comes up with something or whatever, let me know. But um, just to like let people know when we walk in there, it, this was held in the city council chambers. So it's set up. So for those of you that are watching that are um, 
remember me from being a Georgetown Township trustee on the on the board for Georgetown Township, where I used to sit up on kind of that circular, half circular stage area behind the big desks. And then there were chairs all in, you know, in the rest of the room. That's the kind of room that we were looking at. So they kind of brought some makeshift tables over. Um, one over there, then they had a podium where people could speak in the middle, then they had a little makeshift table over here, and they brought some chairs. Now, mind you, my table that they gave me, I'm pretty sure, was from a kindergarten classroom. The one they had me sit at was um, a midget table, very small in all respects. I mean, it was very low. I <laughs> it, was, it was like, I, I wanted to sit Emma at it and say, here, why don't you do your schoolwork while we're, you know, doing our hearing? At any rate, so I just, I kind of thought that was demeaning because it was like, oh, well, thank you for giving me the child's table. Um, I appreciate that very much. Um, at any rate, so at the other table, you had two city workers. Now, I didn't, one of them was a code inspector, I guess. Did you guys catch who the guy was that was sitting next to her? It was just another code enforcement. I call them employees. They like to be called officer. I don't give them that respect. And uh, by the way, I don't know if I can share my screen, but I've got um, some video I can pull up real quick to show kind of what the room looked like. You said you do have something? I do. Let me see if um, what happens here if I try and... Uh, so in theory... Normally in these situations, you have yourself and you have two other people in the room. So you're going to have the magistrate um, or district court judge if it's in Michigan, because that's where it would go uh, typically is just to district court. Um, and then you might have the prosecutor. Otherwise, you might have a representative of the um, of the city, the city attorney or in Florida, you can actually have it be um, a city code enforcement um, employee um can you see the screen i'm sharing no let me see hold on a second oh okay we can see the whole yeah we're seeing your whole screen there well you should just be seeing a, a piece of software i've got open with the video in it right um yes. yeah it the video is in the middle of yeah the, okay so this is just a piece of software I use for organizing video, but this is basically one of my camera angles that I had of the uh, judge and over here on the right, the table that um, the city people were sitting at. And you can just kind of see your table on the other side of the podium there. And then um, I don't, you guys can't see, I was trying to move my mouse to, so that you guys could see something. Um, Mr. Liberty, can you point to the three people that you can barely make out um, under the... Is uh, it went away? That didn't work. Okay, I'm sorry. The three people over here by the flag? Yep. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys can see where he's pointing. Um, and for those of you that are, you know, going to be listening on, on podcasting software, obviously that's going to be a little challenging for you, but we'll, we'll show you some details in our um, Constitution segment recap as well. At any rate, um, so he's zooming in and you can see that up there where normally city council members would be sitting, you have two men with a woman sitting in between them. I have no idea who the two guys are on either side of the woman. And the woman herself, I don't know her name. I don't think she ever identified herself for the record. Um, she was just called um, the city. I, I, have, I don't have any stuff in front of me, but I have all that stuff. So the, the gentleman on the left is 
Uh, I think it's Chris Mason. He's the he's the guy in charge of code enforcement. Uh, the young lady is an attorney for the city, and then the gentleman is the, the head city attorney. I got their names all all at the end. Um, but you know something interesting that uh, that I observed is well, one, why are they up there and not at the at the opposing council table? And when everyone was sworn in. All of these people didn't swear in. So they spoke as if they had authority. They didn't say that they would be honored. Yeah, and, and just to let people know, so then there's also, uh, just because Mr. Liberty's moving the, the <clears throat> camera footage there, <clears throat> the, the judge is sitting in the middle, and then there's somebody who was just identified as, a, as an assistant next to him. But isn't that something, though, that um, Foshin had to make you know, uh, specific efforts to go and figure out who those individuals were that, um, cause you said you went up to each of them afterwards, right. And asked them. I did the, the head attorney had already left, but I asked young lady, uh, what his name was and what his, you know, what his position was within the city. Now, isn't that interesting? Um, so <laughs> Mr. Liberty here, and I had uh, an unofficial bet about which people would actually show up to this. And he was like, no, no, no. It's just gonna be the, the city employee that's in the neighborhood improvement division or code enforcement or whatever. And I said, no, I'm pretty sure that the city attorney herself is gonna be there, at least the one that, that I had been speaking with. Um, and so not only was the assistant city attorney that I had been speaking with there, but the the chief city attorney, the head honcho city attorney. So they had two attorneys and four city employees plus the special magistrate plus a cop because that many people were needed <laughs> to be there when I'm fighting against their unconstitutional uh, ordinances and their unconstitutional enforcement of those ordinances. I, I have covered many, 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 many special magistrate meetings and never seen a city attorney show up at any. It's always the, you know, the code enforcement person, the magistrate and the magistrate's assistant. And that's pretty much it. So it's the code enforcement. They're acting as the prosecutor. And, the, and that's it. So I was really... In a way, I was shocked, but then at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, they know they're up against an attorney, so they better just come full full force. It would have been nice if they would have actually brought attorneys, though, that were intelligent. That would have been <laughs> helpful, but they didn't. So, you know, it you is mean what attorneys it is. That read the law. Well, and that's what I mean by intelligent. You know, they've actually read the law that they can understand when, you know, once Catherine is putting this statute in front of them, that they can go, oh, well, here, let me read that real quick. Oh, you, you know what? You're right. We we didn't follow any of our, you know, any of the statute that have standing here. Wow. Okay, we're sorry. No, they just, you know, um, I just wanted to, the thing I wanted to bring into this, though, home rule is one of the biggest issues that we have right now in Florida that, causes these municipalities to believe that they can just do anything, that they can supersede statute. They can just literally, um, they can create and pass unconstitutional ordinances. 
Um, we just saw this in Punta Gorda, you know, and there were some really heavy hitters that got involved over there because of ordinances that they passed in Punta Gorda uh, that were completely unconstitutional. But because of home rule, they think that they can just, that the rest of the Florida statutes don't apply to them. That, that, that basically they're their own little microcosm and that they will create, they've got their own charter, i.e. their own constitution. And then on top of that, we're going to create our own, even though they're not a legislative body, but they're going to create their own set of laws and call them ordinances. And you darn well better just adhere to every one of them. Yeah, it's, um, I do have a question here, um, from YouTube. Go ahead, Foshin. Oh, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I hope okay. I'm not supposed to answer. <laughs> um, no, I thought you, I thought you were saying something and I was cutting you off. Um, must've been a background noise from somebody. Um, Anyway, the question is, no one asked who these people were. And uh, the thing is, when it got started, here's the thing. As it got started, um, he was kind of laying out what the expectations would be before he officially called the case. All right. This, the magistrate. Right. And so um, he's laying out what the expectations are that he's going to let the city present all their evidence and do all their stuff. And then he's going to come to me and let me present my stuff and whatever. Right. And I said to him uh, right then and there that I that's that's no, I normally would understand that procedure, but in this case, before we get to them presenting any evidence, I have objection uh, to you know the proceedings even commencing, and so I needed to be able to do that. And so at first he was trying to be like, no, 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 I, I I'd really prefer to do it this other way. And I'm like, okay, but I'm actually guaranteed due process. And so they don't actually have the right to present the evidence in the first place. So they can't just be allowed to present it. And then I just have to object afterwards. Like that, you know, so he was actually trying to somewhat work with me um, in that regard at that point. But uh, then he's like, okay, just go ahead. And I said, okay, but now should we officially call the case? Like what, <laughs> at what point does the hearing officially start? So the whole thing was, it was utter chaos. I mean, it truly it was truly utter chaos and they did not know what they were doing. Um, none of them, they all pretended to know and it was all just going through some motions. They couldn't even figure out how to charge me the correct, um, you know, service fees. They charged me three times as much money as they were supposed to, because on each case they charged me what it costs to send the certified letter for all of them. And I tried to explain, okay, I didn't get nine certified letters. I got three. So how about we not charge me for nine? And none of them could fathom it. It was, it was over their heads. I, I just, it was dumbfounding anyway. Um, so there were a lot of questions asked that, I mean, that's why it took three and a half hours. And let me put it this way. I was pretty certain that his mind was made up, especially when he ruled against me on the motion to dismiss at the beginning of the hearing. Um, you guys, that was about, was, was that the whole, um, uh, 19 minutes that, that you had sent, uh, earlier Foshin? Is that what it took to get to that point? So it wasn't even, you know, it was barely 20 minutes in. Yeah. And we already knew, okay, he doesn't care about the law. I mean, like literally didn't have much engagement, didn't, didn't seem to really have any, 
uh, analytical thoughts about it or understanding it at all. Just like, nah, nah, that's pretty much what he said. <laughs> so we knew, but at that point, do you just give in? Well, first of all, where's the fun in that? <laughs> no. Um, do you just then roll over and play dead and let them get what they want? Hell no, you don't do that. Um, and I knew I was probably going to lose at that point, but what was my job at that point? My job was not only to just continue to be steadfast in my fight for freedom. My job was to make an accurate appellate record so that uh, when I go to appeal, the, the appellate court can look and see exactly what objections I laid and what my arguments were. And um, and that's why I submitted a very detailed document ahead of time with everything I needed to in writing. And then any other pieces I wanted to highlight, I made sure to place those at the right times. I'm sure no one's ever even objected during one of these hearings, but I objected many times and he actually sustained my objections two or three times. So that was refreshing. I was like, oh, oh, this is wonderful. Um, but uh, at any rate, so um, now that we've answered that question, yeah, what are, I guess, either one of you, what, what are some other things that stuck out to you about these that people should like? just to know what's what they might be walking into well when you made when you actually made um points based on the constitutional protections of private property and he literally said that the constitution has no merit here you know it's like okay um didn't realize that we had stepped through you know into an alternate reality where in your court, the Constitution just doesn't live here, but apparently that's the case. So, yeah, he, he was he was a funny old guy. <laughs> um, one thing that kind of piggybacks on that is, you know, when he issued his decision in the end, he just said a bunch of conclusions. And he so he just said, well, you know, I find that they violated this. He didn't actually make factual findings. So in, in uh, whether, whether it's a judge or a special magistrate in these kinds of situations, they have to actually make findings of fact and conclusions of law. And there's a specific Florida statute that talks about it, but that'd be the same in any jurisdiction because you'd have, there's an element of, well, they're the judge or the special magistrate. They're the person who, you know, maybe it's an administrative law judge, depending on the situation, but there's always somebody that has to determine it, you know, what the law is, the application of the law in that situation when you're having a hearing. And, you know, it's obviously the inherent part of due process of law. Um, and then you also have a fact finder. Maybe it's a jury, maybe it's a special magistrate, maybe, you know, it's a judge or whatever, but whoever is determining what facts happened, they have to determine uh, and say, well, based on the testimony I've seen and the evidence presented today, I have determined that these facts happened or these facts didn't, you know, they, that were alleged. And I find that they are not, you know, they did not happen. And then the, what about the law? Well, if I'm raising certain points of law, you can't just say, well, it's just without merit. No, you'd have to say, well, this, you know, this law is on the books, but it doesn't apply here because of this. Uh, that didn't happen at all he literally made no findings of fact and no conclusions of all law he just skipped those and went right to the well you're just guilty you got to pay a hundred dollars here and 25 dollars a day here and by april 10th they're going to come on your property and pull up all your crap and i'm like oh that's cool 
it didn't even hit me until today, guys. He didn't say anything about when or how I would get a paper copy of the order, did he? No, he didn't. Hmm. And, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, there was nothing in there where he mentioned anything where he came to a legal conclusion. It was like it was his opinion, period. I'm going to base this entire thing on my opinion, um, either because I'm just not capable of coming to a legal conclusion or I don't want to. I don't have to. You know, I, we have home rule. We, we are in charge and I'm just going to this is what I'm going to do. If you don't like it, appeal. And I guarantee you, very few people ever appeal out of these magistrate courts. Certainly, I don't think anybody shows up with their own entourage of uh, cameramen and liberty, you know, fighters. <laughs> uh, no, I think that that freaked him out a little bit because he was like, uh, what is all this for? Is this for the record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for the record. That's what it's for. No, we're not going to put this on YouTube. We promise. <laughs> He didn't straightforward ask that, but if he had done that, I would have been like, are you freaking kidding me? Fine. Let me find, hold on. Let me find my brief that I submitted in my Allegan County case about how gag orders are inherently unconstitutional and that I have the right to have the media present. However, I see fit as long as they're not interrupting the proceedings. Um, I love that you were, Potion, you were wearing, uh, I didn't really look at the details of it, but you had some sort of, uh, it's like press pass or something. Yeah, I had my press pass with me, of course. I loved that. I didn't, I, I never, you know, I've only seen you a handful of times, but um, I'd never noticed if you had had it at the legislature or anything when I'd seen you in those contexts. So I was like, oh, I should check that out more. Yeah, that was, that was a good thing. So it's funny that you mentioned he was intimidated though. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, you guys, uh, Foshin, what do you, can you describe what happened uh, as they, as we were all supposed to be, you know, packing up and leaving, uh, Anything stick out to you about uh, the the escorting or the way that they left the building? Well, yeah, I mean, they there seemed to be a lot of fear. Uh, the The government seems to be in fear of the people. Uh, you know, we we left the we left the the chambers and we were just out in the hallway having a conversation and. The judge, the magistrate, and I, I can't remember. Maybe it was the lady sitting next to him. They were escorted out by uh, by the police officer, and, and I thought it was strange. And then you mentioned, oh, there's still people in there, and I didn't I didn't notice until the officer came back in, and I said to him, "Oh, you're you're escorting these people out. These these people, they must be in fear that you know something's going to happen to them." But that that's what it is. They you you challenge authority and they take it as some violent act when you i mean you just want your rights upheld it, the, yesterday was so bizarre uh you know i felt like uh, i was in some orwell book it, it was uh, the whole thing is just chilling uh, but yeah that's what the officer was doing he he escorted uh the judge out out the door where we were and then took the prosecutor out a side door out, out of the building so they didn't even have to pass us. It was disgusting. Because at that point, let me just clarify, although some other people had been there earlier um, throughout the proceedings, they were all gone. And so at this point, it was me, totally scary, Mike, 
who was very pissed off. Um, I was hoping he was going to join it. He's not even joining the chat as far as I could see it today. So he's I'm not sure. Chat. He is in the chat. Yeah, um, he's been in there once or twice. Oh, well, Mr. Henry, come on. I expect <laughs> more out of you. Um, anyway, yeah, so he was, I mean, he was livid. And I, I mean, I, when I turned around and looked at his face for the first time after it was done, I mean, he, he, I was like, oh boy. And there, there had been something just starting on the other side of the room with the Liberty cause and Foshin and uh, the cop. And I was like, I don't even know what that is, but I, I'm looking at my husband's face and I need to get him out of here before we need to avoid a, an arrest of some kind. So um, anyway, so Mike, myself, Emma, I mean, clearly she's threatening that nine-year-old with that cute little smile and her little dress that said, yay. Uh, I mean, <laughs> obviously it's a big threat with her homeschooling books with her. Um, and then, um, well, I, wa I wanted an escort past Emma. She's, she scares me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then the Liberty cause and, uh, and, and Foshin. Now in all fairness, since you're not on screen, um, Liberty Cause, can you please share with us what what is your height and weight, just so we can get an idea of uh, give them an idea. Linebacker, that's basically <laughs> six two, uh, two ninety, you know, ish, big guy, linebacker. Yeah, so we're not talking about somebody, you know, like maybe my husband doesn't look as menacing because you know he's I don't know 160, 165 pounds, he's six foot even you know, just very slim. And, um, um, of course he didn't have his shirt off, so you didn't see that he has muscle there, but anyway, it's, he's just not necessarily a menacing type of look. Although the look on his face did get a little scary, like I mentioned, but the actual, his presence isn't generally scary. Um, so yeah, it's more like if somebody like my dad had come, you know, six foot three, six foot four. And at one point it was, you know, 340 pounds or something like that. So, I mean, um, uh, Mr. Liberty is not, is, uh, at quite as menacing in that regard as my, as my dad might otherwise appear. But, um, anyway, so, I mean, it's not like whatever, but then again, it's not, it's not like we were you know, being violent or threatening anybody. In fact, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Foshin, but the, the issue that blew up at the end when I was trying to get Mike out of there before he blew up, uh, whatever happened over on your side, did that start simply because you were trying to uh, gather uh, the identities of the city employees who were in the room? Yeah, that was it. Uh, the the Liberty Cause uh, walked, walked up to him to, to get his name. And I, I think to tell him, uh, I think the gentleman had asked him not to speak. Uh, he could speak to that more than me, but uh, that's when I kind of started paying attention uh, because I don't like to be told not to speak either. Uh, but yeah, he, he told uh, he told the Liberty Cause. You said not to, he he was telling the two of you not to speak. And we're talking about after the hearing was officially done, right? No, what happened was so when. But at that break, before you know the the um, the the ringleader, the clown came to his decision, his opinion, and we all were outside. I had walked over to the um, the lady, the the city attorney, and I, she was standing there talking to some other people. So I'm just kind of hanging out, waiting until she's done. And finally, she looks at me and she's like, "Do you have a question?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Did you really just say?" that you believe the constitution 
has provisions that protect people's feelings. And I forget what she said, but it was just some kind of you know ridiculous answer. And I said, have you actually read it? And then this guy from code enforcement comes up behind me. I'm not going to let you talk like that to her. I turned around, looked at him and said, you're not going to stop me from doing anything. I said, you're not part of this conversation. You may just walk away. And finally, he, you know, he's blustering and a cop came over and, and grabbed him by the shoulder and pulled him away and was like, no, you can't. You're just going to make things, you know, you can't do that. And I went on with my conversation with the uh, the attorney and, um, you know, because and, and everybody, you know, Catherine knows this, her, their fence. I consider their fence not a fence. It's a piece of artwork. I literally think it's just, it's a piece of art. And personally, my, I would have defended it as a First Amendment issue saying this is art. It's not a fence at all. It's art. It's First Amendment. It's me, you know, this is me kind of expressing myself. But I brought up, because she had said that, you know, well, it's what other people see. It's how it makes them feel. And I reminded her of Cohen versus California, 1971. And where the a justice in that case, in the opinion for the majority, had written one or a, a one person's vulgarity is another man's lyric, and I said one person's eyesore is another person's art. So you know, yes, it does. That we do have constitutional protections. So and, and there are no protections for people's feelings. You will find you know none of that. I mean, the document wasn't written for us; it was written for the government. Here, these are restrictions on you, not on us. And she just could not get that, could not get the correlation between Cohen and this just ridiculous, you know, farce that we had just watched. Yeah. So just to be clear, everyone, um, what he's talking about is in the essentially in the, the closing arguments. Uh, first of all, I had one neighbor. It was the neighbor who had initially complained about me, who said that we were literally ruining the neighborhood. She came in there with a stack of pictures where she's clearly been stalking us. Uh, and I mean, a thick stack of pictures she wanted introduced as evidence and talking about how we're doing all kinds of things. Um, she also in her original complaint was the one that said how we were we had uh, put our fence over a, an easement, which doesn't exist, and that our homeowners association doesn't allow fences, although we don't have a homeowners association. Uh, she's also the one that lives, one of the many who lives in a house with a dilapidated fence, which actually violates the city's code on fences. So isn't that ironic? Um, and so anyway, she showed up and she was trying to, she, oh, well, I've had several run-ins with them and they're awful and they've threatened me and she's threatened me that she's going to do things to me because I reported her to the city and I went the legal way. And I'm like, I just objected. I, I, I was, I said, I said, this isn't relevant. Um, but she called our fence an eyesore and said, it's just, it, it just takes down the value of all the neighbors, uh, even though they're renters. And she pointed out that everybody is renters. She's a renter. Uh, but uh, it, it just brings down the value of the properties around and, and nobody wants to see that that uh, eyesore uh, of a fence. And so when I had my closing argument, I said, um, well, the Constitution protects my right to use my property so long as I'm not you know, burdening or harming anybody else's property. And I'm not. In fact, with what we've done, we've uh, greatly improved 
wind mitigation and flood mitigation techniques that affect not only our property, but other people's property. Um, it, it, you know, looks better than having a whole big yard that just grows sand spurs and, and, and weeds and it can't sustain grass without significant irrigation. Uh, you know, the, by having a fence that strong, it has the, is the only fence that didn't lose a single part on it during two back-to-back -back hurricanes this last season. And uh, while all of our other neighbors had, you know, as much as their entire fence torn down, um, made of all different materials. Um, our shipping containers didn't budge a millimeter, whereas I literally, the two neighbors across the street, both had sheds that were ripped to shreds and throwing, you know, being thrown around uh, as projectiles all across the neighborhood. Uh, no joke. That was just during the first hurricane. So at any rate, um, yeah. I, so I was pointing out that our what we have done has actually helped uh, other properties uh, through flood and wind mitigation, et cetera. Um, but other, you know, uh, other than that, they don't impact any other properties. Uh, it's not, who cares whether they think it's pretty or not. That's not their job. What they're, you know, what, what matters is that I'm using my own property in a way that doesn't harm anybody else's property or their use of their own property. And so she took that, she took what I said when she made her closing statement and she said, that you know i i think the constitution only applies to me and it doesn't protect you know my neighbors who you know want to see pretty things that they like or some stupid wording and i was like you're a moron but that's what that's what uh, mr liberty was getting at in his conversation with her and and mr liberty are you talking about when the rest of us were outside waiting and they were right inside that hallway that, yes. that was stopped and talked to yeah. her? Oh. Yeah, and I just I wanted to point out my favorite part of that your neighbor of her testimony is when she talked about being the head of the HOA that only exists in her mind. <laughs> that that was phenomenal, and I am so glad wait, we have got that on video. Wait, my, my my neighbor said she's the head of the HOA. You didn't catch that? Oh yeah, she was the head of the HOA that doesn't really exist. Oh, I thought that was uh, the neighbor from the prior case that said, because there was testimony from another lady who said she was the head of the HOA in their neighborhood. I thought it was the, the one in your case that she, you know, claims that she was the, the, you know, head of an HOA or something that doesn't exist there. I'll have to go back to the video. I yeah. know some, I know somebody said it and it was hysterical. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. It, well, definitely let me know if she said that because I was feverishly trying to figure out how to get her blathering nonsense to stop in legal terms and so i didn't necessarily catch you did a good job of that because i didn't i expected the the magistrate to just let her wax on but you know you made an objection he sustained it and then i think you made two more and then he was like oh I, she's not gonna stop objecting to this so i better put an end to it so that was that was probably the one enjoyable moment in the whole in the whole thing is you you shut her hearsay up yeah, and, and it was the one tiny glimmer, glimmer of hope we had that maybe he might do the right thing. <laughs> well, you know, well, you know, back in a couple, couple years ago when I used to go cover special magistrate meetings, I, uh, I had another friend that was an activist that used to go out with me. And at least we could bring some humor to it because she would literally dress up in a kangaroo costume. And that's what she would wear to go live stream these things is a kangaroo costume because you know it's a kangaroo court and all oh, the look on magistrate's faces when she'd walk in with that it was it was priceless
We do know another First Amendment freedom fighter type of person that uh, you've recently introduced me to. She's She's got a small physique. She could probably pull off a kangaroo costume and, and she's got kids. So maybe she has one. Um, <laughs> you should talk to her about that. Maybe we'll go around. Hey, hey, there you go. Maybe we'll start targeting uh, special magistrate courts again um, and do a, a whole circuit about it all across the state and, and beyond. Um, now, I want to I want to put Foshin in a kangaroo costume, man. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be able to take him serious. And I, I think uh, I think he did pretty well just the way that it went out yesterday. In fact, OK, so somehow we got on a tangent there. But uh, Foshin, can you can you say was it was it at the um, at a break in between when all the, the work was done and, and the magistrate was taking his recess to come up with his his order or was it after everything was done that he um that that you guys were trying to ask the uh id of people and then that's when that the cop in there started throwing a fit what yeah what so, so that, that's when so uh there was uh, the liberties uh discussion now uh in between the hearing and then at the end of the hearing he went up to the code enforcement officer to just I think get his name and basically tell him that he didn't appreciate, you know, being told not to talk to anybody, regardless of who it is. And he engaged with with him. And then when they were done, I politely said, sir, could I have your name? And he said, oh, you can get it from your buddy. And I said, well, I'm not with him. Uh, and then he, you know, he, he rudely gave me his name. And then he, you know, I asked for an identification number and he wanted to get, uh, uh, I guess short would be the would would be the word, um, but he I mean he had an opportunity to just be professional with somebody that he had never had an interaction with. I, he had never spoken to me before in his life, um, but because I'm sitting in a certain spot, if he's got a certain opinion about about me or what I'm doing, I you know I I don't understand those things. So uh, you know I, people in power need to be held accountable. Well, you know, we, we, we dared to show up with cameras. That's that's the problem. We dared to come into their playhouse and bring cameras. Yeah, sunlight's like kryptonite to these people. Uh, you know, you put some sunlight on an issue and, you know, that's the real justice in this whole thing. Hopefully things go as they should on appeal. But people seeing the absolute lawlessness from Ormond Beach, it needs to be shown. People need to see what they're, uh, what what these people are doing in these positions of power that they're supposed to be serving the people, and they're trying to hold us under their thumb, um, and we're sick of it. You know, uh, did either one of you happen to catch on video? Uh, I might have asked you this yesterday. Um, when the hearing was technically over, and the magistrate called me up to the bench. Um, did either one of you catch that on video? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. I think I might have it on my cell phone, not on the other cameras, but I think I might have caught it too. And and again, I don't remember if we talked about it yesterday, but did either one of you um, catch it yourselves? Like, did you see it as it was happening? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you find it strange what he said to me? I found yeah. it quite condescending, actually, you know, that, that, you know, whether you're an attorney or not, you came prepared for a hearing 
where they ignored all the evidence. And then he had the um, the cojones to do that you did such a good job. It, I just found it condescending. You know, you did do a good job. You know, the fact is, is he didn't do, he didn't do a good job or his job, period. So, it, you know, <laughs> it's maddening. Yeah, I, I, I agree with him 100%. I mean, nothing more to add to that. Well, and just to be clear, I mean, it was as simple as, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, because, you know, I'm still mentally unpacking what happened yesterday. But he, so he calls me up and I'm like, he's like, you know, Mrs. Henry, would you approach? And I'm like, uh, okay. And I walk up there and he sticks his hand out to me, like he's going to shake my hand. And I, so, uh, okay. And I give, give him my hand and he shakes my hand very firmly and looks me right in the eye. And he says, congratulations. And I, he took a pause for a second and I went, huh? I must've gave him like the, what? And he, so he says, congratulations. You did, uh, you, you did a great job or you did a good, you did a good job today. And I was like, okay, thank you. And I turned around clueless as to why that just happened in that exchange and went down and sat down at my seat and continued packing up my papers. And of course, my husband didn't miss a beat and uh he started to speak so i turned to look at him and with seething hatred in his face he said she did a great job <laughs> so he said you, you did a good job that's what the judge said and then mike said she did a great job and i was like and that's the point i think that i was like um I think we should go outside now. <laughs> Everybody else can pack up as they see fit. We'll just wait outside. You know what? I I just had an epiphany. I believe that what he did was gave you a coded message for you did a great job of creating a good record for an appeal of my dementia. Well, here's the thing. And you guys, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this. But as we were talking... I, you know, yesterday that I, I'm a good, I'm a really good judge of character and I'm really, I don't know, you can call it women's intuition or attorney's intuition or whatever, but God has given me the gift to just kind of anticipate certain things that are about to happen. Not like I can see the future, but just like the fact that I knew the city attorney herself was actually going to be there, even though she probably has never gone to another one of these at all is just something I just kind of knew. I just, I felt it. Or when the Supreme court in Michigan, you know, takes usually months to decide a case I knew that in those days when I was filing those amicus briefs with the uh, against the governor's uh, executive orders, I knew that I had a matter of a few days. And lo and behold, I got those briefs done and submitted. And then voila, like right afterwards, they were issuing their their orders. I mean, just an unprecedented speed. I just is just something I just knew. So sometimes I have these, at least when it comes to the legal world, who knows about the rest of it. Um, certainly I have no gifts in sports or things like that. You know, I can't call where the puck is going to go in hockey or things, but it, at any rate, otherwise my, I'd really be my husband's favorite person. Um, but anyway, so I, um, I, I wonder though, it, it just really stuck with me. Like why after you rule against me and just say really without explaining anything as you're supposed to, why say, well, you know, this argument, he just said what the argument was. And then he said, it's without merit. This are, and he didn't even go over everything like he should have. He just, this argument without merit, this argument without merit. And that's all he ever said. Uh, how, why he would then, you know, he didn't even say like, oh, you know, it was 
I don't know, it was presented in a very good fashion and there's this and that and I understand the ins and outs or whatever, but in the end, it doesn't seem like this really applies. You know what I mean? Like when he gave his order, he didn't acknowledge any of my supposed good work. So to purposely call me up and have that one more interaction, mind you, the city attorney and all the other city employees were still in the room when he did that. So I'm not sure if they saw it or not. Maybe you guys caught that on camera, uh, but they would have been able to see it. They were still sitting up there. And, um, and so I just thought he's doing this in front of these people. And he knows that I know I have the right to an appeal because, well, he briefly told me at the end, but you're right that he asked you guys at the very beginning about, oh, you guys have all these cameras. Is this for purposes of appeal? And, and it was, um, so at any rate, um, I don't know if we're having issues, but I noticed that, uh, we lost Liberty Lori and we lost, uh, Foshin. So, um, can you check to see it? Well, could both of you, um, come back, come back, come back anyway. Um, at any rate, so it, it was just something that I wonder and I hope Foshin is going to come back for this part because I wanted to ask him. Um, it won't let you back in. Can you see, can you ask Foshin if it'll let him back in? Because I really wanted to ask uh, Mr. Liberty and Foshin the same question here. Anyway, I just, I just wondered if he was, you know, and, and like he said, he, he, we're going to follow statutes unless some other court, you know, has already decided. But he actually seemed open to the fact if I had a case that spelled it out for him, that he would just copy that. You know what I'm saying? So I wonder if this is somebody that perhaps we could start to educate because he's the one that they use the most. That's what the city attorney said. What if there's some hope that we could educate him as it goes, uh, you know, for future hearings for all the other residents around? And how many other cities does he do this for? Perhaps he does this in other communities. I don't know. What are your thoughts? No, I... I... Definitely. I mean, I think that you certainly, you know, having something from another court would certainly satisfy something for him because he was really stuck on that. You know, that was a broken record issue for him. Every time you brought up anything that's right there in the statute, he's looking for how some other court, you know, handled it, had it been challenged. And yeah, I, I, you're, Challenges come from bad cases, you know, where, where, where you don't, where you've got judges like this, uh, you know, if he was doing the right thing, then, or people just simply don't have the ability, they're afraid, whatever reason to challenge something. But yeah, I mean, I think if you challenge it, you appeal it and uh, you can get this, especially overturned on the fact that they lack standing to begin with that the whole thing has to be thrown out because of lack of standing. You know, certainly send that back to him and go, okay, now you have something. Yeah, yeah, I um, I definitely, you know, we're going to do the homework on the cases because, you know, if we can't read the statute for what the statute is, we might as well uh, help, uh, <laughs> help him with cases. Um, but uh, shoot, I, uh, um, Lori, can you let me know if, uh, whether or not you've been able to reach Foshin? Because I'd love to have his uh, thoughts to wind down um, our discussion today. But 
at any rate, um, yeah, in the meantime, uh, so what do you think, is there any one last thing that stuck out to you or that you think people might want to know or be aware of? Oh, we just got Flotion back. Um, let me ask that question of, of him real quick. We got you back. Yay. Um, can you hear us okay this time? I can hear you guys, yeah. Okay. Looks like there might be a slight uh, delay or, or whatnot, but uh, at least from what I'm seeing. But anyway, I think we'll make it work. So um, I had just asked uh, Mr. Liberty the question. I don't know if you had heard the question, but my wonder is with you seeing how the process went yesterday and the way that the judge really, you know, I really got the impression that had I brought cases with me that said what the law says, you know, cases where the laws were actually used, um, that he would have probably found in my favor, at least on some of those instances. Uh, and, and he said, if you appeal this and, you know, the case is, you know, they, they rule in your favor, I'd love to know about it. I'd be curious to know about it, whatever his comment was about that. I think he was genuine. I don't think he was being sarcastic. My wonder is maybe, maybe that combined with the way that he called me up at the end to congratulate me and everything, maybe that's an indication that he could be somebody that we could help to educate. Um, obviously not through the course of this case, because it's done with him, but just afterwards, you know, providing him with, you know, emailing him if we could ever find his contact info or anything, but just letting him know, hey, here, here are some cases. This is why you need to follow these laws and just slowly, you know, speak his language, speak case law and case precedent with him, and then be able to build into that how it should be kind of thing. So that future cases with uh, Orma Beach residents, you know, what, what are your thoughts? Do you think there's hope to help him? You know, I, I don't know. I, I approach situations like yesterday and then situations where I go out, I, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt until they, until they show me otherwise. And I felt like, you know, he showed me otherwise pretty early, but, you know, maybe that's a good point. Maybe, maybe it comes down to, you know, researching applicable case law. I don't know why it would come down to that. It seems like reading the statute is the purpose of statutes. I mean, um, but, but yeah, I mean, that, that's a, that's a good question that I, I don't know the answer to. I, I don't think so. I think if you would have brought case law into that courtroom yesterday that uh, he would have just said, well, you know, that kind of like uh, the Liberty Cause said with qualified immunity, well, you know, it, it sounds the same, but it's not actually the same. So, you know, I can't rule in your favor. It's, uh, I, this is all purposeful and I, you know, it, uh, it's discouraging. Um, I wanted to share that uh, real quick, Mike put on here on YouTube, he commented, this law has only been around for seven years. And after briefly searching, I haven't found any, and I'm going to have to forgive. Let's let's all forgive my husband for, for saying that it's case law, um, as we all cringe. But uh, he, he hasn't found any case precedent for it. But the words are what they are. Words mean things that laws, um, that law applies to this case. So um, at any rate, uh, yeah, so I, I'll do some searching. In fact, uh, for those of you who I think it was, I think it was last week's way to get involved challenge. I asked you guys to check out Google Scholar 
they have two different sections. There's uh, like an article section and case law is what they call it, uh, where you can search all kinds of cases. Um, I don't know exactly what collections they have, what, you know, how far back they go with cases, but you can find quite a few. You can narrow them down by statute or by, by state or federal court or, you know, specifically the Court of Appeals versus the Supreme Court, et cetera. At any rate, um, you know, I plan to utilize that very tool to check in and see what we can find out about that um, because it is a tool that is uh, is quite helpful and it's free. And when I fight for freedom and not too many people want to donate uh, or, you know, the donations aren't enough, then I certainly can't afford to pay for uh, you know, Westlaw or LexisNexis or anything like that. So I use the same tools is what I'm saying to you guys. Um, anyway, so, um, well, uh, that kind of sucks that, that that's your take on it, uh, Potion, because I was, I was hoping, I was hoping that maybe there is a way, uh, I don't know if you caught too, but one of the reasons why I was hoping that maybe, you know, somebody else saw the potential to educate him is because the city attorney, when she finally returned my phone call to answer questions about the process back in um, February, uh, well, this month, but at the very beginning, she um, she told me that he was the magistrate that would most likely be uh, assigned to the case because he's the magistrate that they use the most often. So if there is somebody that we would like to help re-educate about the way the world works, the way the laws are supposed to work, what the rule of law is, and uh, the Constitution, uh, he would be the guy in these situations that I guess I would want to start with. So anyway, um, maybe he liked me well enough Story to have a about him. Do you, do you think that he would, that, that he would have, have ruled differently? I, I, I guess I assume that you were, uh, as pessimistic about things as uh, I was at least, in, at least initially. You know, I think these are fights that we need to fight. You know, we, we need to fight them. Um, I think in the beginning, when you were really pushing the issue of standing, if you would have had something then, I think you if you would have wait, you you would have tilted the scale in your favor at that point. Beyond that, I don't think anything else would have mattered. But on that one issue of them, of them not following the statute and them not having standing. If you could have shown him something from another court, I think it would have backed up his decision enough that he could have felt comfortable saying, yeah, we can't move forward. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Um, Mike said the judge doesn't want to be responsible. Oh, it just moved on me. Sorry. The judge doesn't want to be responsible for removing the municipality's authority. And yeah, I think combined with what you just said, with what Mike said, um, yeah. So to answer you, Fosha, maybe that was when you were um, having a technical glitch or whatever, and we had lost you there for a second. Um, I was, uh, and, and this is something I kind of, when I was pacing around, because I, I do that, uh, when I was pacing around um, yesterday afterwards, after everybody had all left, uh, I, I was kind of processing it with Mike. And, and I said, you know, I really think that if I had a case law route, for those of you listening later, that I was using air quotes around the word law, but I think that I would have, I, I, I agree with Jeff that I think that it would have done something and not about everything else, but there were a couple other points when he seemed to sincerely ask me if I had a case on point 
And the one time I actually had one case printed that um, tangentially, you know, it, it, it was it wasn't specifically on point, but it was uh, demonstrating the bigger picture main point. And he did read it. I mean, it wasn't a very long case. Uh, he did look at it and he I, he really did seem to want to try to pull what he could. He I think he was I think he was looking for another court to have already done it that he could look at it and go, well, I don't have to think for myself on this. I can just follow what another court has done. And I, so I think for that reason, he would have done it. Um, so. And I agree with Mike 100 percent on what he said that he did not want to be responsible because if he, if you would have been able to present him with something from another court, then that alleviates his responsibility. And it doesn't look like, you know, he is taking your side against them. And cause you know, of course, obviously he wants to keep being brought back and paid. So I th I agree with Mike a hundred percent on that. He's dead on on that. Yeah. Well, uh, in the end, uh, as it stands right now, I, you know, have to jump through all of their unconstitutional and illegal hurdles and still not get to keep my stuff as it is. Um, or I can fight them. And well, anyone who's listened to me for more than five minutes probably would pick up on the fact that I'm a fighter and that's exactly what I'm going to do. So um, for example, um, the judge never made a, um, a finding as to whether the uh, city inspector, the code inspector, illegally came onto my property. She said she didn't. He, he overruled my objection and allowed her pictures into evidence. So you would think he's agreeing with her, but he has to make a finding once that objection is made and that argument is made, he has to make a finding as to whether or not it was credible to think that she um, illegally went onto my property. And I said, had I been told ahead of time, here's the thing, guys. I walked in there. We walked. We were, we were there half an hour early. They didn't open the doors until I don't even know, like 10 minutes before the hearing. But they all saw that we were the first ones there. And uh, even though we weren't the first hearing, we were the first ones there. And so uh, not to mention, I had been emailing. All of them have my email address. We've been emailing about this. So they know how to reach me by email as well. They waited until literally 9.58 for the uh, city code inspector woman to walk over to me, the one who violated my Fourth Amendment protections, uh, to walk over to me and hand me six stacks of paper, like packets of paper. Here, this is this is for you. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And then um, as she begins, she's like, oh, yep, I want to introduce this as evidence. And I'm like, whoa, what is this? And I put on the record that she had just handed it to me. I didn't have a chance to thoroughly go through it. Um, by the way, the packets were not exactly the same from what he had versus what I had been given. So I'm glad that I took the opportunity um, to, to look at those. But, um, as I put on the record, I would have, I would have been able to show that she had been on the property because we have video footage and they knew that because I told them that in my November notice to them. But since I didn't know that that was going to be how things were, and that wasn't stated in their procedures or anything of that nature, um, it was, it was disheartening to say the least. Um, so at any rate, 
Um, I will be appealing and I'm going to walk you guys through what that process looks like to have you join alongside of me. By the way, if anybody wants to donate anything to help me cover the cost of having uh, the transcriptions put together to um, file, you know, pay the fees with the court to file, uh, pay filing fees with the court at the circuit court level. Um, I mean, all out of pockets galore. You wouldn't think it's much, but when I had to defend myself in Allegan County, Michigan against that illegal arrest, I'm still out of pocket over $5,500. So it gets pricey. It gets really pricey. Um, anyway, so any little bit of help uh, helps, uh, and you can do that at restorefreedomkh.com slash donate. Um, at any rate, uh, I want to thank Mr. Liberty and um, Foshin and the others. We had some um, Florida Freedom Keepers uh, members uh, yesterday there to support me and some other individuals uh, that just love um, that. I'm sorry, there's a video, Mike? I still want to Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Anyway, sorry, I was reading comments between uh, between the guys here. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, I I sincerely thank and and you guys especially, uh, Mr. Liberty and Foshin, the fact that you guys number one you were just physically present, which was honestly a huge calming thing to to know other freedom fighters were there, even just to witness the bullshit that might be happening. Number two, you guys put a lot of time and effort into not just recording. Guys, they didn't even just record with one camera each. They each had three different camera angles going. Uh, that's phenomenal. And the fact that you guys are, you know, working with me to get them uploaded and do whatever, um, help use them as tools to educate people on, on what happened there and what they can expect in their own cases. I mean, I, I can't put a value or a thank you big enough. Uh, to what you guys are doing there. And and just then thirdly, the follow-up, just the fact that you guys had some interactions where you were trying to just find out what people were there or whatever, and that you were standing your ground as, um, as citizens of the United States who are entitled to know what government officials, who they are and what they're doing. So um, hands off to both of you. Um, you both have YouTube channels too, if I understand correctly. Oh, we just lost Mr. Liberty. Um, but uh, my understanding is Mr. Liberty doesn't really post a lot of his own stuff. Uh, but you, Foshin, you do. You do all kinds of. Oh, we got him back. Hold on. Um, but you, uh, Foshin, you do. Um, you don't do like a regular type of posting, do you? You just kind of post as events come up or, or you experience different things. Is that right? Yeah, I post, I post as things come up. I I'm I post quite a bit. Though. I mean, I'm not going to say I post daily because I haven't posted in the last two days until today. But um, I'm posting several times a week. And my channel is just all about uh, government uh, accountability and transparency. And uh, there's no need to, to thank me, uh, Catherine. I, I thank you. Uh, I, you know, being able to stand beside somebody that fights for our liberty is, uh, that's a fight that I will uh, stand up to, uh, stand up with anyone in. So I'm, I'm just thankful that you're so close to me that, uh, that I can make this kind of easy on myself. But uh, what's happening to you is wrong. 
and uh, and it shouldn't happen. And we sh we we collectively should stand up against this um, because it's not going to stop if we don't. And Lori did just share the um, your YouTube channel. This is a public service, so for those of you who are watching on YouTube, make sure to go and click on that link and uh, subscribe to him as well. If you're new to my channel today, then please hit the subscribe button and that notification button as well, but also share it out. I am uh, a, a lot more, oh, what do you call it? Uh, shadow banned. I'm shadow banned on every platform, just like Boris and Grace sings about in his songs. Um, I'm literally shadow banned everywhere, even on Rumble. It's sad. You wouldn't think I would be. Um, I've been censored on Truth Social and some of the other platforms, but it is what it is. So, um, and uh, the Liberty Cause, uh, Lori was able to find his um, his URL, so you can uh, directly click on that as well and follow them. Um, so you heard it that Foshin there um, posts to his channel on a pretty regular basis as things come up. And now, do you ever live stream events or do you just more record and then post later? Um, no, I've never, uh, I don't think I've ever live streamed uh, before. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm too uh, fearful of uh, uh, what I might say in a live stream. I, I don't know. I uh, I try to remain calm, Catherine, but it's very, very difficult to, um, to remain calm during these kinds of things. Yeah, I, I understand. Um, I would just suggest to you after experiencing what I did in Allegan County, Michigan, that at some points it may be safer to live stream just so that they know that other people have already been seeing it and that they can't do certain things to you. Um, at the very least, I mean, he's got first and second gear. You know, he can be very calm. You know, I start in fourth gear, and that's it, you know, which is why I don't live stream. Um, and you cut out a little bit there, but uh, it sounded like you agreed that it, people might have, uh, there could be some benefit to others as well, uh, aside from Foshan's own safety, but there could be some benefit and enjoyment of, of viewers if uh, Foshan did some live streaming of some of his events. Is that what you were getting at? Well, I know I was just saying with the, the one thing I've, I've kind of learned about Foshan since I've known him is he has first and second gear. I, I don't, you know, so he can actually I've watched a lot of his videos. He does great work and uh, he always stays very, very calm, doesn't let these people get to him. You know, he just kind of goes along, does his thing. And um, I don't know. I just that's why I don't go out and audit because I would probably spend too much time in jail. <laughs> You know, I've thought about that too. Like, what is God calling me to do? Is God calling me to do more things like that? You know, being out there and be a, an auditor in a sense. Uh, and the thing is, I would end up being arrested most times, I think, because I just, if somebody's really going to be in my face about it, I share the same sentiment that uh, Foshan was describing about, you know, it can be really hard to stay calm. And it can be extremely hard to stay calm, uh, especially once I've already experienced PTSD from the issues in Allegan County. And, you know, if I have law enforcement trying to be all up in my physical space and acting menacing to me, shit's going to hit the fan pretty quick in that situation. <laughs> so, um, 
anyway, uh, so I, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you guys on the show today. I would encourage you both if you'd be willing or interested to share uh, today's episode on your own channels, just to give people a taste of uh, what the three of us are, are uh, uh, able to do when working together. Since the three of us are in the county, I have a feeling we're going to be uh, ramping up the freedom fight in more ways than one together. So like you mentioned earlier, Foshin, it is way, way easier since we're, we're more closely situated. And uh, heck, you're close to one of my favorite Habitat for Humanity restores. What can I say? <laughs> So I might make my way down to your neck of the woods too. <laughs> so, um, all right. So uh, anyway, thank you everyone for joining us today. Uh, I, I think we got, I think Lori, since she was um, somehow kicked out of our program and wasn't able to come back in, I think she was able to stay active in the chat and answer questions. And um, uh, anyway, I'm just looking to make sure we didn't miss anything. Usually she's the one that's telling me, oh yeah, you got this one. You got to answer this one or she'll throw the comments right on the stream uh, screen for me. But um Anyway, all right. Uh, any last thoughts that you think we need to say as we head out today, guys? I just want to say thank you, Catherine. Um, I, you know, I've been following you since uh, before you moved down here. And once you moved down here, you know, I made an effort to get in touch with you right away. So we've known each other for a little while. And um, I think having you here is going to shake things up. Foshan, you're awesome. The work that you're doing, you know, I don't really do much with my YouTube channel, uh, but I do want to say I am in pre-production right now. I am going to be producing a new show, a new YouTube channel, um, probably within the next three to four months, we're going to be debuting. So, and it's going to be all about freedom fighting, all about liberty. And uh, hopefully uh, we can come back and talk to, you know, talk to your audience about that when we get that one uh, out there and going. But thank you. Thank you for standing up to them and not just, you know, laying down and going, oh, okay, I'll go get a permit. <laughs> yeah, ain't going to happen. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, I hope you all have a wonderful day and uh, enjoy the weather wherever you are, uh, storm or sunshine or anywhere in between. And uh, please make sure to check out our Way to Get Involved Challenge tomorrow on Wednesday, our Thursday 10-minute Constitution segment recap video from our discussion today. How am I going to pare down everything we just talked about into 10 minutes? Pray for me. Uh, and uh, Friday, we have our Freedom Fighting Tools that we'll share with you. Uh, which I alluded to what they would be earlier in today's episode. Uh, Saturday, we'll have our um, Restore Freedom Goodie of the Week. Uh, I'm going to give you a hint. I decided to hammer on yet again the chance to sponsor our Restore Freedom Weekly episodes, like the show today, uh, but from a, a different perspective. So um, anyway, uh, we'll share that with you on Saturday. And Sunday, if Lori and I have enough brain capacity left by then, not only will I send out that weekly newsletter, which you can easily sign up for in the foot, uh, footer of our website or just search newsletter anywhere on our website and sign up in a couple clicks of a button. Uh, but uh, every now and then we're still having enough brain capacity to put together a biblical insight on uh, this week's uh, freedom fighting topic. So uh, please also make sure to join us next week, Tuesday at noon on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or maybe Rumble. And uh, we'll see you guys then. Thanks. Have a great day.